Welcome back, everyone. Another week of Taurus Talk here at the SG Taurus Company. I'm your host, Matt LePan. This week, we're going to bring you something really special. As we approach the end of 2018, we want to bring you the best of Taurus Talk. We've been with you folks since about September, and we really appreciate the support. And we want to bring back some of our favorite memories in the four months of podcasting we've done as we look ahead to 2019. Now, we start back on September 5th. We had company president Stephen Torres and CEO Matt Bedard on the first ever podcast, and they introduced you to who we are here at the SG Torres Company. My father was in World War II, got out of that uh, only slightly wounded. GI Bill got him through uh, Northeastern University, and he started working for a construction company in Medford in the early 50s. By the mid-50s, he was working for a company called Belco. They they were a roofing supply distributor, and they somehow got into the sheet metal business. I won't go into the details, but the sheet metal business was in its infancy at that time. The idea of uh, heating a home through forced hot air was a new thing. Up to that point, it was uh, either coal-fired or oil-fired boilers. To, uh, to heat houses, and the idea of air conditioning a house was almost unheard of uh, by in the 50s. By the mid to later 50s, he decided to branch out on his own, and in 1958 started the SG Taurus Company in a small building in Melrose, Massachusetts. From there, I guess the rest is history. And to the culture of our company on a day-to-day basis. When we think about culture in its simplest form, I think it's simply the, the Taurus way of doing things. We decided that it would be important to get our hands around what the core values are of the business to support the tourist way of doing things. And we came up with five. And they are respect, or whatever it takes attitude, attention to detail, continuous state of self-improvement, and a sense of urgency. One of the things that we wanted to do is make sure that we didn't just introduce core values to the organization, have them be poster on a wall, people look at it, it looks nice, but doesn't mean anything. The way we came up with them. Uh, Stephen Torres and I and a few of the other officers went through an exercise that we found uh, out of a book called Mastering the Rockefeller Habits by Vern Harnish, and he calls his exercise the mission to Mars. So if you were to put your best people on display to someone from Mars, they don't understand our language, they don't understand anything about us, but they could just witness people in action, what would they see? Well, we thought about that exercise and thought about our people and thought about the reason customers choose to do business with us is quite frankly because of our people. We got into the technical side of things with great guests like our inside sales manager, Don Garside, and our territory manager, Tyler Cleary, along with many more. The main difference between a a heat pump and an air conditioner is that a heat pump is an air conditioner, but it also operates as a heating system in the winter months. If you think of a window air conditioner, let's go back to some fundamentals. You've got a window air conditioner through the wall or through the window of the house. One side blows out cold, the other side blows out hot. If you were to take that window air conditioner and rotate it so the hot blowing side now is blowing inside the house and the cold blowing side is outside, you're basically looking at a heat pump. Some contractors have a large understanding of the potential ductless growth in New England and also in the world, but you know, a lot don't. Globally, the ductless market is about $78 billion. Most publications you read today, they predict an 8% growth from now until 2021. So that's a pretty significant opportunity. You know, And then you break it down to, say, Europe. Ductless makes up about 45% of their market. And in the US, it actually only makes up 8% of the entire HVAC market. Of the 8%, Mitsubishi makes up 38% of that for all ductless sales in the U.S. So we have a long way to go 
you know, in terms of what the opportunity and the, and, the, and the growth could be for here in the next 10 years. Don and Tyler weren't the only people within the company we talked to. We had some great conversations with territory managers like Butch Kershaw on customer satisfaction. Well, you have to understand with a million plus customer started out himself. You know, one of my bigger customers probably did about $5,000 a month with me, which is basically would be one of our smaller customers now. So they all have a starting point. Now our goal is to develop these smaller companies into bigger successful companies through training, co-op advertising, quality products, quality service. And Josh Bear on marketing. The first thing you have to have when it comes to marketing and advertising, Matt, is you have to have consistency. So 90% of the decisions we make are made to the unconscious. The way you get to the unconscious is through repetition. It's the same thing with marketing and advertising. That repetition and that consistency has to happen in order for it to work. But also making sure you set the expectation for the dealer that, look, you're not going to get a 15 or a 20% return on investment from the two or 3,000 or 100,000 that you're going to spend. It's typically going to be around 1%. Um, but as a territory manager, uh, we can go in and we can help those dealers see that the first thing you have to do is be consistent. Then the second thing we have to do is set the expectation for the dealer that, hey, this is what's what the ROI is going to be in the return on investment. But the third thing is to make sure that we set up goals and budgets for the dealer. Speaking of marketing, we introduced you to a lot of great marketing vendors, including Elena Burdick of EBNL Marketing, who we had a lot of great conversations with. Well, they really, they really avoid doing that with a marketing plan so that they're spending those dollars again mindfully throughout the year because a lot of times what we have in this industry is we have reactive marketing it's i saw that my competitor ran an ad in this little local publication so i did too or i saw that my competitor put up a billboard so i did too or the rep stops by the the internet company calls the you know there's some sort of special that some media person is selling and and so it becomes kind of a a bit of marketing whack-a-mole and you just sort of find yourself reacting to everything that's coming at you as opposed to having a plan and when you have a plan you don't end up with that big chunk of money at the end of the year that you feel really compelled to spend all in one fell swoop in December because you're spending it throughout the year on planned marketing initiatives when you know what your budget's going to be what the calendar is so it's it's, it's super easy to, to fall into that trap as an HVAC contractor because let's face it marketing it's probably not your thing right uh, you know how to fix a furnace, but marketing, it's a little bit different discipline. So it's very easy for dealers to fall into that trap. And of course, we talk sales. We brought in the president of the Total Immersion Sales Training Course, Joe Crossar, along with Rick Picard of Rodenheiser Home Services to discuss some of the finer points of sales training. Well, you know, the, the biggest uh, factor is what I call pure motive service that ironically, the people who are focused on uh, making money are the people who make the least amount of money. You know, so when uh, you're focused on money when you're with your client, you really can't focus on the things you need to do, which are focusing on the safety and health of the client, the quality and the reliability of the solutions, and the customer service you provide. And, and that's what pure motive service is. It's being on code, I call it, and customized and relevant for every person you're working with. And as a result, uh, what happens, you achieve complete honesty with your client and transparency. It's not always popular. I mean, uh, there are some moments I call constructive conflicts that take place. If somebody wants something uh, cheaper, I always definitely give them full information that we wouldn't be the cheapest investment. It would be definitely higher and higher quality and reliability and things like that. So the average contractor achieves results 378% higher than the normal person. Uh, not uncommon to see, I can just tell you the, some of the facts and numbers, 1,600 service techs 
that do over $20,000 a week or a million dollars a year, there's over 600 uh, salespeople in different industries that do over 3 million and over 50 of them that do over 5 million a year. So we have, uh, I think it's outside the box and, uh, and it's definitely all due to the client having choices and being able to make the choice that's right for them. I met Joe, I think I mentioned in 2004 and I was working for a different company. And uh, I, I, was, I would say I was a pretty decent salesman. I, I think I was on a couple million dollars a year. And, but I knew that in order to get to another level, I had to do something different. And what I told Joe was I heard a ring of truth and sincerity. And I could tell his motive was not only to help the company increase sales, but also to help the quality of the customer service be better. So the customer are going to get better service better opportunities. And he said something that it seems like the more money your customer pays, the happier they are. And that's really a life lesson, right? You know, whenever we uh, try to go cheap, we usually become very unhappy. But when we're given the opportunity to pay something of value, then we're usually happy. I asked Joe if he could come work with the salespeople instead of just the service people, and he did. And from there, it was, it's, like I said, it was really changed my life. And of course, no year in review would be complete if we didn't talk about our discussion with the president of residential HVAC and supply at Ingersoll Rand, Jason Bingham. It was an honor to have him on, and we had a great conversation with him. One of his leadership is the leverage point. That one is um, hopefully recognized. If you read, or, or as as we can talk more about the, the idea of leadership, it's not authority. And in fact, that's where most leaders make their mistake, is they use their authority versus building influence. And so... If we're honest with each other, when a leader gets authority, when they get the job, that's the easiest thing for them to do is to use their authority. But the harder thing to do is to serve. The harder thing to do is earn respect. The harder thing to do is to earn influence. And that's why I think most leaders mess up, but it's also why it's the leverage point. So if a leader does approach it that way, then it could be very powerful for the organization because the leader is the number one influencer on how things get done around there. So back to the... uh, the definition of culture, the leader's the number one influencer, so that makes them the leverage point. The other one that I would pull out is grow, serve, and perform. That one is has been powerful for me for a long, long time. The idea that um, I should run my life first recognizing who I am, what my strengths are, and how do I grow those, and then turn around and exclusively focus on how I serve others with those strengths, with that growth. And then the third piece being being uh, intellectually honest about the results, what worked, what didn't. Look at that performance and learn from that. Learn what I could do better the next time. Learn what I did right in doing it again. And so therefore I'm growing again. It's this circle of life. I really believe it's the circle we should all be running of who are we and how do we grow us so that we can serve others, so that we see those results, so that we grow again. And at the end of the day, uh, make ourselves as, as valuable to this community and, and, the, and the world as possible. 2018 was such an exciting year. We got to launch the podcast and bring you 14 new episodes. And we look forward to bringing you many, many more in 2019. Look for those every week on Wednesday mornings. And of course, our year wouldn't be complete without thanking our incredible co-hosts that we had on here. Whether it was Kevin or Paula or Jill or any of the incredible guests that we had on. It's been an honor to bring you new content every week. Make sure you're following along so that you get all these new podcasts. You can subscribe to us on iTunes and Spotify. Just search Taurus Talk and you'll find us there. Also, make sure to follow along on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. 
Use the hashtag Taurus Talk. We're following along, so we're hearing your suggestions and we're trying to bring everything we can to the folks that are listening. Or you can go on our website and listen to all of our podcasts, sgtaurus.com slash podcasts. We want to thank you for tuning in throughout 2018. It's been great to talk with you and we look forward to a lot more of it in 2019. From everyone here at the SG Taurus Company, we wish you a happy holiday season and a happy new year. We'll talk to you next year on Taurus Talk. <laughs>